Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast. And today it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Brittany Brown, who is the founder of BeatingBingeEating.com. She's the creator of Beating Binge Eating Blueprint and the Freedom Forever Mastermind and Movement. After turning her yo-yo weight loss and gain, binge, and emotional eating and severe health complications around, Brittany now leads other women internationally to create a life fueled by freedom instead of diets, weight, and food obsession as a women's empowerment leader, speaker, and international master coach. Her entire mission is to help women transform their struggle with their body and food so they are free to share their gifts with the world, step into their full purpose, and be who they are meant to be. So let's get started. Brittany, I'm so incredibly excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Lori. Super excited to be here. 
You know, this is really fun because I have been wanting to get to know you because I, I feel like we've been in each other's space for, I don't know, <laughs> how long? A couple years? few years? I mean, it's probably, I was actually thinking when I had a conversation with you on the phone and I was in an apartment that I lived in like five years ago. I remember the conversation. Oh so it's been a while because we've dipped in and out around isogenics and then, you know, other stuff too, touching base about what you're up to and creating, which is awesome. So yeah, it's been a while. Oh my gosh. And finally we get to chat. Okay. I know, right? So I really want to dig in right away and I would love for you just to um, take us back maybe to a time before you knew what you wanted to do and you had this amazing uh, business that really helps free women. If you'd take us way, way back, maybe where this all came from. Okay, so yeah, so my business now is freeing women from binge and emotional eating so they can really step into their greatness and are free to share their gifts with the world. And it did not <laughs> look like that at all when I started. I actually suffered with binge and emotional eating or some type of dysfunctional relationship with my body and food since probably about 14. It started with just gaining weight and wanting to lose it and then going just through really conventional methods to lose it, very strict, restrictive diets, like hydroxy cut, really detrimental things to my body at a young age. And it just left me feeling frustrated. And my binge and overeating changed paths at times. It would be like a little more normal, which was, you know, sticking to a diet and then overeating and then going back in on the diet. And then it eventually got conditioned, like the reward system in my brain built up so strongly that I could not get through an day, a day past 2 p.m. without turning to food. And... Um, it just got worse and worse from there. I got severe health problems from it. I did some fitness shows. The coach I went to was uh, not, <laughs> not the best for my poor body at the time, and it was very restrictive. And I had developed adrenal fatigue, thyroid problems, hormonal problems. My kidneys failed, um, like really, really intense. And this is all in my late teens and early 20s. And that's when I realized like, my gosh, this is not okay. And uh, then I pursued holistic health, which was incredible. So I started feeling a little freedom. Looking back on it, it was still controlled. <laughs> but um, you know, it was like the glimpses of freedom were coming my way. I kind of learned that there's no diet for everyone. I also learned that there's so much more to our relationship with food. And um, you know, from there, it just kind of evolved from there. I got scooped up by a really big international coaching company to manage their health division. And what I noticed, I was training under experts and doctors, a functional medicine doctor, uh, acupuncture therapist, like incredible people. And my binge eating came back with this like really, really hardcore health and food focus. So, you know, it just, it really taught me that it is not about the food. Yes, like let's take care of and nourish our bodies, but that has got to come from a place of love that's sustainable and not a place of fear. So I resigned from that coaching company that was about four to five years ago. And I set out on like a massive quest to make health for myself easy and to connect with myself so I could just naturally do this and like walk through life with ease and grace and really freedom. And I promised myself like, if I can figure this out, I will come and share this message with the world and I will bring other women with me and hopefully develop health coaches that can do the same or not even health coaches, just coaches and mentors in general that can share this message and create like a massive impact. Because um, the way we're presented to manipulate our bodies and things like that it sets us up for failure and it sets us up for a dysfunctional relationship and there's an easier way to do it. So through self-love and coaches and mentors and training and schooling and certifications and like you name it, I've probably gone into it, shadow work, belief systems, a ton on neuroplasticity and brain reprogramming. That's kind of how I got to where I am now and I relaunched my practice a few years ago and, and now I really help women find freedom from that struggle. And then once your struggle with your body and food isn't holding you back, which you can probably attest to this, because I know you had some struggles in the past, even if they weren't exactly like mine, there were some of them there. Once those are no longer holding you back and that self-sabotage isn't keeping you stuck, like you're free to live, you're free to have incredible relationships, you're free to pursue your dreams. So that's my thing now is really just really empowering women to transform that struggle and then live their best lives. Mm, that is amazing. So... I want to go into that a little bit deeper because I so relate to you and it really, you know, looking back, it's insane. All of the things that, um, I put myself through mentally, emotionally, and I used food as a major way to, um, self-sabotage and 
you know, for me, I found that it, so much of it was because th- there's such a huge part of all of us that we either want to come through or that we are um, hiding from other people or that we're ashamed of or that we're, um, you know, we don't know how to get happy. So we're just doing the one thing that we know could make us happy immediately that's truly making us unhappy. And we get trapped in this crazy cycle. And, and that's how it feels. It feels like a prison that no one can get you out of. And then you have shame around it. So you're not sharing it. So on your quest, what did that start to look like? Because really I view it as almost like, it's like you learn one thing at a time, kind of pulling that, you know, that, that jail cell bar away, like one away at a time, one away at a time, <laughs> one away at a yeah. time. And it's just like, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. So what was something that you, you started with? awesome question and you're so spot on because there's so many things you can pull from so it's like you know it's building the foundation and going from there um my biggest so I pull from my knowledge with how I eat I do have a knowledge of a background in nutrition but my biggest breakthrough was learning how to tap into my internal knowledge like my intuition when we're tapped into our true selves we know what to eat, we know how to move, we know who to be in a relationship with, we know what mm-hmm. pursuit to venture on. Um, so really breaking down the wall that was keeping me from my power. And you know, you do a lot of work around fears, I do a lot of that too. So I think that was the, the kind of the first layer. For, the first layer was actually moving beyond the food and realizing that other things besides my food affected how I was with my body and food. Mm-hmm. The next level was dismantling the fears and really working on self-love. And then level three, which I think has probably given me the most freedom, is understanding that I can condition or we can condition ourselves to be anything that we want. We can condition ourselves to naturally choose health-giving foods. We can condition ourselves to perform at our best, to have freedom. You know, it, it takes training and conditioning. So that was kind of like the last step of it, though, to get it more automatic. The first two were hands down, working through fears, dismantling that wall of those limiting beliefs, like you're mentioning, that just keep you stuck and reaching for things for that instant gratification. And then self-love. And not just like superficial self-love, like loving every aspect of you, the scared, shy little girl that has is shameful about her shy secret behavior and dismantling that shame and then dismantling the shyness and really going deep and embracing all those parts of me that I weren't, wasn't proud of. Mm. And then from there, really moving to the conditioning work to kind of condition the new vision for my life. Mm, Love that. Okay. So, so let's totally go there. Let's get super um, vulnerable so we can give everybody some serious tools to move past it. Because I know that there are people who, um, you know, I'm going to take you back to my moments of what it felt like so that we can give them some tools right away to start using. So, okay. Those moments, nobody's home. You are feeling sad. You feel anxiety. You're overwhelmed. You are going to the fridge again for like the fourth bowl of oatmeal because it's healthy, but you're overeating and you're going down the spiral and you're crying while you're eating and you're freaking out and you hate yourself and you look in the mirror and you want to cry and okay, you've been there. So let's just, and those are things that we're hiding from people, right? That it's like, oh my God, if people really knew what I was doing, they'd never listen to me. Or I know this person can't be doing this. So that means that I'll never get to the place where she is because I'm weak. I'm not good enough. I'm powerless. I'm a loser. I hate myself. What can we do in that moment? Awesome question. And that's such a real moment. I've been there probably hundreds of times and I know everyone can relate at some level. Um, how do I pick one thing? I, I have three kind of ways to go about it. Is that cool? Yeah, <laughs> three I, different you know little tools? Anything. Okay. Anything okay. that you used. Yep. Gotcha. So um, one, and I know this sounds simple, is just is just pausing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think that we like look for these massive things to do. And sometimes it's so fun to like the pause and the stopping and just getting present for a second is, is so powerful. But I think like having some actual, um, like tools to use in those moments is really key too. So one thing that really helped me and helps my clients is understanding there's a, there's theories out there, which are true that eating comes purely from emotion and like emotional voids that need to be fixed or filled, I'm sorry, or emotional wounds that need to be worked through. And so when that happens and someone gets an urge to binge or someone's on ice cream bowl three, 
they aren't even thinking it has anything to do objectively. They are thinking something's wrong with me. I am broken. Why can't I fix this? I'm a mess. I'm a loser. She can do it. Like the stuff you're saying, she can do it. I can't. It's understanding, and I don't know if we have time to go into the whole brain science lesson today, but it's, uh, it's understanding that the part of you that self-sabotages and binge eat, and we'll use eating, and is binge eating or emotional eating is not the real you. It is located in a part of your brain that is automatic. It's located in a part of your brain that is there for survival. It's an irrational part of the brain that you can't reason with. So when you have this vision and goals and things like that, and you're telling yourself, you know, don't binge, don't do it, you're gonna feel bad tomorrow, then you have this binge urge voice that's like a monster, and that has you on autopilot, the rational, beautiful goals and the wonderful things you want for you and your family and your life don't matter in that moment because you don't, that irrational part of your brain doesn't recognize the reasoning. So when people understand that, you can get a little more objective about it and look at the craving or the urge to binge like a pattern that's been reinforced by your brain. And if you can interrupt that pattern enough, you can train it out. Like you can completely recondition your brain to have it non-existent. Mm -hmm. So that kind of puts you back in the driver's seat a little bit. Because yes, like do the deep emotional work by all means. We, we need it. However, I think it's a little unfair to say we have to heal every single emotional wound to be able to stop an urge in the moment. So mm -hmm. number one is understanding that. I think journaling, and it's really hard to grab your journal in those moments, mm -hmm. but if you can pause and write or pause and reflect, um, and you know, I can get into the pause and reflect if we have time, let me know, but um, mm -hmm. that do. pause, okay, cool, <laughs> that, um, that pausing and journal, like my role for me when I first started, the biggest breakthrough was if you're going to binge, binge, but you have to write for five minutes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about brain science. I didn't know anything about emotional processing. I didn't know I was interrupting a pattern, brain science speaking, um, but it worked <laughs> because it started to interrupt that pattern. And once I started putting my stuff on paper, I could kind of move myself through the spaces of it. So I always start like a really great journal exercise that I love starting with is like, what am I feeling and why am I feeling this way? Most of us don't feel. <laughs> we, you know, the feeling, the feeling starts and we divert it. So really just acknowledging the feeling. Um, what fear or belief is causing me to feel this way? There's usually always a layer deeper that's deeper than the guy didn't text me back or deeper than I'm scared about my job at work um, and losing it. There's always something underneath that's really stirring it. So getting in there and then pausing again and saying like, what's my truth? What do I know that is actually true about this situation. More oftentimes than not, the truth is that it's not that big of a deal and we can see the silver lining and move through it. And then I always ask myself, what's a belief I can implement now that will like allow me to um, honor my truth in this moment? By writing all that out by that time, I would say 50 to 75% of the times, you've automatically just paused enough to let that survival part of your brain calm down. And you've also, um, flipped yourself almost out of it by moving through the exercise. So you're literally taking yourself from fear to a place of love and trust. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that's, that's the journal exercise. And mm -hmm. I'll pause there because I know I just talked for a few minutes. I'll let you interject if you have anything. I also have something for just emotional processing too. I love that. No, I think it's so huge. I loved all of it because um, we're, we're in this different spiral. We're in this different zone and it's like a crazy, it's literally, you feel like a crazy person and, and you have to pause in some way, whatever that is. So I love that, especially if you can't leave where you're at or, um, whatever you're doing for me, I would always be like, I, I don't even know what it was that was telling me to do it, but I was like, leave, 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 go for a walk, leave the situation yeah. move from this room, like get outside of where you are right now. And then, um, a lot of times I would just go for a quick walk, even if it was around, you know, a few blocks. And I'd be like, what are you trying to fill? What are you trying to fill? Because clearly we're just like shoving food down to fill something that's empty and it's never your body cause you're full. So yeah. it's like, what are you trying to fill? So I love that journal journaling exercise. So maybe even, you know, throwing that together, if you can leave and then come back and really try to figure that out or, or think it through on the walk. So I think that is amazing, especially if you can't can't leave where you're at. Yeah, I think that's, it's so true. And it's, um, 
it helps to kind of separate yourself from, from it a bit. And I think I love the walk idea because if you really study what does happen, because what happens with binging is once you do it a few times, you, your brain gets primed to do it, and then the reward system just primes you to do it more and more. So that's why some people can diet for three months and then only overeat once, and then some people diet for... Then it goes down to a month, and then it goes down to two weeks, and then, oh my gosh, they cannot stick to anything for longer than three days. And it's this reward system's just getting tied more and more. So like originally it can come from those emotional voids and wounds and then it just gets like ingrained in our behavior. So that's when you feel like that autopilot zombie, like food crazed type thing. So I love that. I love like getting out of the situation that helps to break up the pattern too. And I think just um, really understanding that it's like, you know, I hate to use this analogy because I'm not calling us all dogs by any means, but <laughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're potty training your dog, you know, you don't just say like, hey, don't go to the bathroom. You take him outside every time he wakes up. You take him outside after every time he goes to the bathroom. You take, you know, or I'm sorry, after every time he eats. And you just keep doing this repetitive behavior over and over. And eventually it just happens automatically. So with, um, with binge eating or any type of like belief programming, if you are repetitive about it enough and dismiss the urge enough, it eventually breaks down those bonds in the brain and you will be free to move beyond it. And once you can kind of be objective about it like that, it gets so much easier to do that deep emotional work, like mm -hmm. the emotional processing and the self-love. And I always have people almost separate them, their urges from their, their problems and then address the urges objectively, but address the you know, problems or whatever is going on emotionally, deep and emotionally, but doing it almost separate, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because um, sometimes when an urge happens, we get so emotionally hooked into it and we feel like something's so wrong with us that we just binge anyway to get the urge to shut up. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Anything you can do to change the situation. Um, I also think, too, with emotions, it's, important, it's very important to know that emotions last forever because we don't give ourselves time to feel them. So you can... An emotion, and I'm sure you know this, you know, if you charted it, it runs like eight to nine minutes. If you gave yourself 15 to like fully let the emotions process and like just feel it, not make up those narratives on why you feel it. Like, oh, he did this, I did this, I should have done this. You know, none of that. More just like, where do I feel this in my body right now? Like, it's totally cool that I feel anxiety. It is okay that I feel this way and not fight it so much and just let it process. Mm -hmm. So if you do that on your walk or if you do that laying on the couch or getting out of the house and going for a drive or whatever it is, but in the diversion, also let the emotion run through you and process. Because when we do, it, it's gone in like 15 minutes. You might still feel a hint of anxiety or sadness, but it's not that like head to toe emotional charge that makes you want to eat 10 bags of, <laughs> of mm -hmm. chips in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, so yeah, those would be my tips is just really getting to know the, the science behind it, separating yourself from it, and then letting your emotions really process out and giving yourself time to let them before you reach for a diversion. I, those are amazing. And the last one, especially to really be able to feel it. I've, I've recently, um, really experienced that with something. I think that for a, a while I was just really trying to, um, act like I did not experience this emotion. So I was, <laughs> I was experiencing real jealousy. It was very real. And because of the work I do and because of, you know, what I'm always saying, it's like, this is so opposite of what I believe that I was really upset with myself and really ashamed that I was experiencing true jealousy for something that was happening with another woman. And, um, um, just over, you know, she was just achieving something that I really, really wanted. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm the person who's proud of everyone and I'm so proud of her yet. I'm so jealous. And I was really, you know, and I held, held a lot of shame around it. So I was trying to shove it down and shove it down and shove it down. And finally on a walk, I was like, um, with Chris, I was like, you know what? I think I just need to feel it. Like I need to cry about it. I need to have like a little tantrum. I need to get it out of my body. And, um, so mine, I let myself experience it for about a good hour. No lie. Just like I really needed to talk through it and get it out and cry and feel it. And, you know, it was the most beautiful clearing thing that I had done in a long time. Yeah. And it was so gone. And it was like, all I could see was this person was surrounded in beauty. And I was so grateful for her going first. And, and, um, it, it's just crazy how clearing that can be. So thank you so much for that. And just, it's, it's really, really powerful. So I know that for me around, um, 
moving through just binge eating or anything really destructive that maybe I was doing, uh, you know, when I was trying to um, let different parts of myself come through or get really um, comfortable with maybe different parts of myself. I know that so much of it um, had to do with forgiveness. So whether it was I just had maybe you know, one of those crazy moments that we were talking about before it was like, okay, I'm on the other side of it. I'm done with it. I've cried about it, but now I had to move into this forgiveness place like quicker than I did before. So can we talk about what forgiveness looks like? Um, you know, creating a forgiveness, a practice practice around maybe when you do slip up. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing what you shared because I think that's so relatable. I had something interesting like that kind of take me out and it took me out. But then when I paused, it didn't take me out any longer, but once you <laughs> let yourself feel it. So I thank you for sharing that. I can so relate to that. Um, and then forgiveness at that point. I, uh, I think that's a really great question. I am like in the process, in the program when I'm working with women, any women, whether it's for binge eating or just moving through something like procrastination and letting opportunities pass them by, mm. you know, the guilt and the shame around an emotion caps it in. And then it's like, uh, if, you, if you saw me right now, I'm talking with my hands. I have one hand in a ball and then another <laughs> hand another hand flat on top of it. And it's like, so say you feel jealous and then you have shame and emotion or shame and guilt wrapped around the jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's like creates that bubble. You're never going to process the jealousy and you're never going to let, if you don't let go of that shame and guilt first. Uh. So Yeah, I think the processing the shame and guilt with forgiveness is so important. I think there's levels to forgive when you're struggling with your body and food. Some people literally might just be angry at society, food, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Most of the anger is going to be towards one's body. Like, why is my body doing this? Why isn't it easier for me to be healthy? Um, And then most of the anger is going to be around ourselves. Like, why are we doing this? Why can't I break through this? Um, And I just think it's so important to be your own best friend and know that this struggle is actually here for a reason because what you learn in what you're going through is going to allow you to either show up fully and serve the world, be able to connect to others deeper. It's going to allow you to serve. And whether that's serving your family at home or like starting a mission and a movement and creating a massive ripple effect, you know, both are equally important in our world is showing up fully. So I think it's important to just reframe our mindset around the struggle a bit. And then a forgiveness exercise I love is I use the analogy when I'm helping someone kind of nurture a relationship with their body, I use the analogy of, um, of a romantic relationship. So if your body is your partner, like how would you characterize your relationship? You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you want a beautiful relationship, like you want love and connection and discussion, you know, are you distant with your partner? Do you look your partner in the eyes? I know, you know, myself, when I was struggling, I didn't even look in the mirror at yoga class. Like I avoided everything having to do with my body. Um, you know, mm-hmm. do you connect with your partner? Do you think bad? Do you talk you know, negatively about them, really like getting to know the relationship with you, yourself slash your body as an intimate communion and relationship. And then thinking about if I was to repair a marriage right now, what would that take? Would that take fear and control and restriction and manipulation to fix my relationship? Absolutely not. It would take love and compassion and understanding even if your partner wasn't behaving perfectly and like nurturing and respect. The same thing you would do if you were helping a child work through something. So taking that angle from it is so powerful because it allows you to really take off the walls of everything and connect. And I think writing a letter, a letter to... Um, your body and then actually a letter from your body back to you is really key. And if the body thing doesn't resonate with you because you're kind of struggling with something different, a letter from your highest self to a letter to the struggling you that's self-sabotaging and separating the two exercises. So like really getting in to we'll use the highest self to the struggling you because I think that's a really important one. Um, Really getting into the highest self, like embodying, like making it like a ritualistic type thing to step into that character and write a letter to your struggling self, you know, everything that you promise, everything that you're going to do to pull her out of this, what you, like how you are empathetic to her struggling and how you can relate to her and how you've been there too. And this is how you got out of it. And this is how you moved beyond it. And then a letter from your struggling self, or if it's the body example from the body that's been quote unquote abused to forgiving the 
self and saying, this is what I need to be able to move through my fears. This is what I need to be able to step forward and come to you and transform into my highest self and kind of, and separating the two exercises, not rushing through it. It's very, very powerful. And it's a, you can also have it out with the other side too. Like express your anger too. And you're, you're upset with them, but you want to conclude the exercise with the love, the forgiveness, the empathy, that this is what I need to move forward and almost come to like a truce between the two. And it's, I've done it. I do it often. If I've been struggling with anything, I do it with highest version me to struggling me (laughs) often. And it's super powerful. And it's one of the most powerful exercises most of my women do. They do it with their body. Um, One of the most powerful ones that they do too, if they really take the time to connect and do it. Okay, so I highly recommend everybody doing that just because it's amazing what actually comes up. Um, so even if you can't do it right now, maybe you try to remember to do it tonight or just take a moment. And, and I love that you said that because sometimes we can just write and we're not actually writing and feeling it. So it's allowing yourself to feel those feelings that really want to come through because we're so programmed. Like we're like, okay, you want me to write a letter? I'll write a letter. Here you go. (laughs) Does this, and then we judge ourselves, right? Like, does this sound good? Is this the letter that I want to have written? Does this, you know, is this going to help me? Is this what I, it's like just write exactly the most raw. Like you'd be embarrassed if someone else saw it. Like sometimes you can write so raw that you're embarrassed to read it, but that's the stuff that needs to to come out. Um, and it's really amazing to sometimes see what that is. I, I actually did this recently. That's why I'm like, wow, yes, please, everybody. This is really powerful. I've never done it around my body though. So Brittany, I'm totally going to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's super, the body one's super powerful. Um, and I mean, have it out with your body. If you're mad, like literally have it out, but mm-hmm. conclude it with the, like you're mentioning, like raw, as raw as you need to be at the beginning and then conclude it with the like empathy and the understanding. And it is, it's so powerful. The body one's extremely powerful. It's mm, so, so good. So I love that you, um, you really like to, or, or you, you'd written down in one of your emails that we were going back and forth. Um, the idea that no one is broken and there's just a few things standing in your way to your greatness. So I'd really love for you to expand on that. Ah, yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> so it, it goes back to, um, Really, you know, without even thinking about it, I said it kind of earlier in a way, the kind of different levels of what's standing between us and our power. And I I think of it as a wall and I think of it as there's bricks to the wall. And on one side, it's struggling us, you know, and since we've been talking about binge eating, you know, binge eating or any self-sabotage. And then it's free, powerful, highest self, our true self, not a changed version, like our true self, our true power, because we are all that like divinely perfect creature. And then we have this wall in between Mm -hmm. us and the wall has the bricks (laughs) and the bricks are fears. Um, I would say mostly fears to tell you the truth, you know, underneath all belief, limiting beliefs, there's a fear at some level, but the fears, the beliefs, the judgment and the criticism and the protection. I think a lot of women that struggle with weight and struggle with self-sabotage around food, there's a level of protection that the struggle offers them because when you're binging and bloated 15 pounds from a binge the night before, you're not out there living your life and you it causes you to isolate and be sheltered. The same thing if you're spending too much money or not growing your business or procrastinating all day, you're not out there living, you're spiraling. Mm. So, you know, understanding the payoffs that these struggles give us and working through those. And those are all entrenched in fears and beliefs, in my opinion. And then also the criticism and the shame and the judgment and dismantling that one by one by one. And then you're there. I mean, then you're connected. And when you're connected and integrating that connection daily and training that connection, like I know you are a master at rituals. If you didn't have your rituals, no matter how personally developed you are, it's easy to go back to Mm. society's way of doing things. It's easy to go back to the hustle and not being connected. But like to me, connections are greatest gift. Like when we are tapped in and connected and integrated and like connected to our souls, our soul, you know, whatever our calling is, that's so powerful. So it's breaking that wall down in between it. And that's, my clients might not even know that that's exactly (laughs) what we're doing. Mm. But, uh, you know, that is, they come to me with the binge and emotional eating. And that is literally just a symptom or a red flag of other stuff that's going on that's deeper. And then we break it down one by one. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. I could go off on 57 tangents <laughs> right now because you hit on so many good things. Um, but I think, uh, the one that's, um, coming up is like emotionally. Oh, um, totally lost my train of thought there, but just how, when you are going down or, or like what we're numbing out with the food, a lot of times it's like, for me, you really brought me to a place of remembering. Um, I was afraid of the hard work that came with living my highest purpose. If I'm get, oh, yeah. getting really honest, I was afraid with, um, the attention that came with it because I felt like with the attention came criticism came. What if, um, they know that I'm a fraud, that I actually was going through this and this is my background and that I wasn't that perfect person or that I don't have enough of an education or, you know, whatever it was around, maybe the thing that I was fearing, it was like, it would come up so big and so bad that it was like, I did the one thing that would just throw me, it, that would just either comfort me in that moment or, or seal the deal that no, you absolutely can't be that person. Yeah. And, um, whether it was binge eating or isolating myself. And, um, so the other one was connection. And I have to say this last year, um, cause it, it is easy for me without the rituals or, or it, I can slip back in a week. Like I can slip back to old patterns in one week. So that's mm. one thing I want everybody to be aware of is like, if you don't really understand how to create a life that keeps you away from that other, um, you know, whatever it is that comes up for you, it's like, it's easy to slip back or get back into that old thought process. So for me, connection has been huge. And, um, the more I connect, the happier and fulfilled I am, the more fulfilled I am. And the more I push it away, the more it's like, I'm empty and I'll fill it with something else. So, um, really, really, I I love that. So are there exercises that we can do around that kind of, kind of trying to tap in and see exactly what, you know, maybe, maybe what is uh, most amplified for us around the, um, so we have the connection and then we also have the kind of secondary gain thing, which is a big, the limiting beliefs around, like you mentioned, the needing to protect or isolate. I did the same thing. I used to think that I was, uh, I used to think I just like emotionally ate after bad breakups, which mm. is kind of, but it wasn't that. I mean, yes, it might've been emotionally eating, but uh, looking back, it was just every time I would be more in shape, I'd be out there like living my life, going on dates, like doing things. And I'd always see, I'd end up getting hurt. And then I would, it just reaffirmed, like stay inside, like don't, <laughs> don't go out and pursue your dreams. Like you're, you know, and it's just, like a bubble of protection from failure and vulnerability and things like that. So, um, you know, I think if, if it's cool with you, I don't know if you, um, I can give you an email, like a, questions to kind of, for your listeners to ask mm -hmm. themselves around their beliefs, because I think that that's a really, it'd be hard almost for me to like go into all of them now, but it really is like looking at um, what is the payoff by me not solving this problem? Mm -hmm. What am I protecting myself from, from not solving this problem? When have I been hurt? And I don't even like calling it a problem, but I, I am for the sake of the conversation. Um, when have I been hurt when I've been somewhat free from this or free from this? And, you know, what's reaffirmed this pattern of needing to, like, protect and stay safe? And just those questions alone are powerful enough to get you to kind of have some ahas go off in that area of the self-sabotage. And I can email you some over or, you know, I have a journal entry that I can send over to you, too, that'll help people kind of dive into that a little bit. And then um, also the connection. So the connection is so important. I think the, the quickest avenue for connection is to connect. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I feel, I used to think to connect, I needed to like go to a beach all day and like shut my cell phone off and not talk and like, mm -hmm. and be connected, which sounds amazing. And I'll do that sometimes still. But you know, a quick walk outside is connection. Like a face-to-face -face conversation with a loved one is connection. Five minutes of meditation is connection. Listening to a podcast that you love and inspires you is connection. I, do, I am a huge proponent of nature and getting yourself and your brain outside in new environments. Um, you know, I think with society the way it is right now, um, this isn't a bad thing. We're super connected, but in a distant way with technology, we feel connected and we're not. We're, mm. you know, it's watching someone's life through a screen. It's not really out there in community. And, and we're meant to be actually like in tribes and things like that. So I think just like that actual active action taking around connection and brainstorming, like do a brain dump. 
what makes me feel at peace? I feel a, a tingly feeling on my chest when I am walking outside looking at nature. And even if it's in a not so pretty neighborhood, like if I like, the trees are beautiful. Like the mm. sidewalk is awesome. There's like people built this entire infrastructure for us to have a community in. Like just asking yourself those questions to notice the ordinary, I think is a, such a powerful way to get connected. And then daily rituals are another one. I don't think, I think everyone talks about them, but not everyone does them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I just think that they are so important for me. Uh, I resist journaling probably because it's been one of the most powerful things in my life. And what we resist is most often what we do need to do. So I, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I journal. Um, I do a quick, I have not done long meditations in a while consistently. I'd like to start, but right now I do like a 10 minute meditation at least a day. Mine has a little more affirmations in it. And I, for me, I reconnect to my vision. So, you know, beliefs hold us back. And what happens is the belief with the most proof wins. So if we believe, let's say, I'm an unhealthy person who struggles with binge eating, and then we try to say an affirmation like, I'm healthy and happy and full of life, but we're still binge eating every day, it's, it creates cognitive dissonance. It's very hard for the brain to adapt to that new affirmation. So you can trick the brain almost and build up references in the brain through visualization. That's been one of the most powerful things in my life. I have a... Um, exercise I do at least once a year, I write an ideal day in my life. And I don't say like, I'm in shape or anything like that. I'll say things that I'm doing in my life that are indicative of me being like healthy and happy. So like in my now, I pick up a paddleboard and I walk down to the beach and I like feel amazing in my bikini. So I'm painting a picture in my mind of living at this like highest version of myself. I mentioned career things. I mentioned speaking at a massive events, like all these little things. I mentioned a trip I'm going on that's like a dream of mine. And I say it in a day in my life and then I read it to myself and record it. And I listen to that every day. So every morning when I open my eyes, that goes in my ears. I don't really care how I wake up. If I hear that, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it's it's programs my brain to, it feels like that's the truth. And then my actions and thoughts and beliefs start being more congruent with that vision. And it's almost like magic sometimes. Like I have, and I'm, and I want to make that clear. This isn't like law of attraction with no action. Action is absolutely imperative. However, um, priming the brain with a visualization is key. I have clients if they have a big event and they're freaking out about going because food or whatever, writing out how the event's going to go, writing out, enjoying themselves and recording and listening to it either on the way or while they're getting ready. And they prime their brain to have that really good experience. And I've had clients say it's like night and day. It feels natural when they walk in to the event because it's their brain is primed. So yeah, visualization and then just honestly getting out there and connecting, I think, um, you know, and, and nature and, and presence and enjoying life and connecting with others is sometimes that quiet time really allows you to to really tap into yourself mm. oh so many good things so um what i hope you guys hear is to i mean honestly go back and create a plan around the things that sound really good to you especially if you're stuck in a spiral of um you know binge eating or self-sabotage or anything right our old beliefs because you gave such good information and you and I are so aligned it's not even funny I'm just like yes <laughs> sister I'm like shaking my head over and over um and visualization has been everything for me I can honestly attribute so much of getting over anxiety with public speaking around visualizing myself do it seeing myself at the bliss project speaking it's like when I get on stage I'm like I've been here I've seen all of you I'm ready I know what it's gonna feel like I know I'm going to be nervous, but I'm going to speak anyway. And, um, so what you said is just beyond powerful and that's why everything will happen for you. You've been there before you're creating that in your mind. And, and so you're more apt to take action because you're aware of, um, you you just know how it's going to play out and truly mm -hmm. it's, it's so powerful. So Brittany, I'm so grateful to have you on. And I'm going to ask you one last question, um, before we wrap up actually two, I take that back. Okay. So <laughs> awesome. if we want to follow you and learn about you and get all your good stuff, where can we find you? Um, the website's beatingbingeeating.com and there's weekly blog posts and videos. And, uh, I also have a free quick start guide on there. It's, um, a quick start guide to beat binge eating, but honestly, um, you know, a binge doesn't have to mean you're like this compulsive eater 
eating 10 boxes of cereal in the middle of the night. It can literally just be those like on track days and off track days where you feel like there's always a struggle with trying to stay on track and a lot of control and then overeating and things like that. So the guide really is just to help you have like a balanced, loving nourishing relationship with your body and food and also give you some practical cool tools and journal exercises. Actually, the one I mentioned emailing is in there. Um, <laughs> so Perfect. that's on my website too. So they can go there and download that. It's beatingbingeeating.com. And then um, beating underscore binge underscore eating on Instagram is my baby. I'm posting there all day long and we have an awesome community of mostly women, which is incredible on there. And I share at least two or three times a day thoughts, struggles, breakthroughs, victories, client stories, and inspiration there as well. Mm, amazing. You guys make sure you go there because that's where we'll, um, uh, we'll just the questionnaire that you wanted everyone to be able to answer if they want to dig a little bit deeper, um, is housed there. So make sure you go there. Okay, Brittany. So you have 30 seconds with someone and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What would you, what would you answer for them? Oh, um, you always know. So if you can quiet that noise, both the external and the internal noise, and dismantle that wall that we mentioned before made of fear and doubt and criticism that's standing between you and your power, and really connect to the true you, like the real you that knows how to eat and move and be and live, like that is where true happiness lies. The answers are always there. And if you can do the work, and it's fun work, to mm -hmm. connect to that daily, you will be 100% guided to true happiness. There's no way around it because that part of you, that's the universe. That's the same part that changes the seasons and makes the grass grow and performs miracles in life. Like that, if you can connect to that daily, there's, there's no way not to be happy. Mm, beautiful. Okay, Brittany, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks, Lori. It's been amazing. I feel like I could talk to you for 10 hours, so this has been awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you guys, if you loved this episode and you know anybody who's struggling, please make sure that you share it. Make sure you go follow Brittany. And until next time, make sure you go out and earn your happy. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. 
It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it.